Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. have laughed a bunch this week uh, in making that, that video and, uh, and in just reconnecting a little bit as a staff. Back, We've been doing some of our staff meetings together, and, uh, and it has been good to be back with our team uh, together. And uh, it's good for our souls, and I think it pays off, and, and I think you, you get to benefit uh, as well from, uh, from the great staff that we do have here. And, uh, and as Preston said, it is an incredible gift uh, to be able to be here and to serve Lake Ridge. Um, and uh, I, I really do actually count it as one of the gifts that God has given me in my lifetime. And uh, so I thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for whatever is in the envelope. Uh, I'm sure it's just a bunch of Christmas cards with your signatures on them, and I love to look at your signatures. No, we're grateful that, that you have demonstrated your generosity always towards your staff. And, uh, and, and so uh, another point of um, gratefulness for me uh, and my family as well. So, Hey, uh, this morning we are kind of moving into our third Sunday of Advent. And uh, our goal for the Advent season was to very simply do our best to kind of give you an understanding of the simple characters that, that make up the Christmas story. So, so we have spoken about Mary and Joseph, and, and today we kind of move into some other characters, and, and to be honest with you, some of my, my favorite uh, characters. Uh, and what we've been trying to do is try to look at, like, what does this moment of time look like for some of these characters? And I think we each have moments in time in our, in our life, in our story, that, that, that change kind of who we are, and maybe the way in which we even see our, our life and our story. And so sometimes in my work with story, which I always, I believe uh, that story is one of the most important things for us to reflect on, our stories. Um, I believe that it is really important that we look at both, and the way I would word it is, both the positive turn events in our story, but also maybe even some of the negative turn stories in our life. It helps to give us context for how we may go forward and look into the future. We simply wanted to look at some of these characters and what was happening in their story. And I was excited about the, the theme of simplicity. And so in a way, I want to just start out a little bit talking about simplicity. Right? And, and, and I, I want to start by saying this. I, I believe if there was something that my soul has always reached out or desired in my life, I, I think that the word would be simplicity. To, to find these simple things. And so, so I, 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 simplicity is something I've dreamt about. Like, I, maybe this is not you, but this is me. Like, how many of you have ever seen, like, a picture of a tiny home or a tiny cabin out in the woods and felt like you were being just drawn towards that thing? Right? It's, it's a thing, right? Some of you are nodding. Some of you are texting or phoning the hotline right now. <laughs> 
That's what you get for not editing, doing the editing. You trust Preston, Pastor Preston, to do the editing, and it's your phone number that ends up on there instead of his. <laughs> We're drawn simply uh, to the simplicity of life, to the simple things. And I think that actually is more than just a desire. I think that is a God-given craving of our souls, is to seek simplicity in our life. The simple life calls out to us in kind of this strange way and asks us if we will respond to it. And, and I, to be honest, completely honest with you, this is as much as I desire it, as much as I see these images that I want the simple life, very seldom in my life and story have I set myself up to live into that. And so, so I, I, I got to just say that. It's, maybe it's just Pastor Evan confession time, but, but, but that is something that is true of me, that I see the images. I think I even feel like my soul is being drawn towards it, and yet I don't do the things required to, to, to live into the simplest life of what we're about. And so maybe, maybe this is just confession time for me this morning. Maybe this is something for you and I to really think about this Christmas. Maybe this is God calling on us to think about the simplest things in our life and story. Last year, for many of us, because of the pandemic rules and all those things, right, so many things were stripped away from us without our choosing. And, and I think we lamented that in the, in, in the moment, but I think even in my own household, we lamented it, and then we also looked back and went, you know, there was some good parts to the simplicity of last year's Christmas. This year, I'm not, I'm not saying cut out all the good, 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 fun things that you've got planned. I'm all for fun. But I do want to remind you that it's like, this year you have to choose simplicity again. It won't be chosen for you. So give that some, some consideration. All right? Jesus taught... Uh, a lot about simplicity, and, and he often talked about it in the context of, of freedom. And, and, and he taught that freedom was not found in having and doing, but, but simply in keeping God at the center of our, lives, of, of our lives and our story. That when we focus on Jesus and we allow him into our story, it's interesting, the complexity of life does get simple. And so I just want to invite you to think about that this Christmas, even whatever it is that you've got planned, that, that, that you, you, you intentionally take some time to step out and enjoy a little bit of the simple moments. So whether that's going for a walk or getting up early to drink your coffee by yourself with God or whatever that takes to just be able to breathe in some of the simplicity. Simplicity creates margins and spaces and openness to others in our lives as well fact. You simplify your life, you will make space for others. You will make space for new things. It's a reality that happens. There's also other mysterious things that come with simplicity, and one of them is generosity. It's a fact, actually. That if you've ever wanted to live a, a generous life, that actually a generous life, the path to a generous life, is to lean into the simplicity of life. It's a weird mystery, but it, it works, right? And when I say uh, generosity, I don't actually mean monetary all the time, although that's nice, and it is a good gift to be able to give 
of our resources, our monetary resources away. But, but really what I'm talking about is a generosity of spirit, a, a generosity of grace, a generosity of love, of forgiveness. And, and I think that our culture, our time could really use a bunch of that right now. So what does that look like for us? This lady, uh, her name is, is Adele Calhoun, and I just love that, Calhoun, like, right? What a great name. Um, she says this about simplicity. She says, learning to live simply prepares us for our last breath while cultivating in us a freedom to truly live in the here and now. I just love that. And so I think it's with quotes like that and experiences like that that we begin to see the importance and why our soul likely cries out for simplicity. Okay? What can you do to simplify your life this Christmas? And it'll make space for new mysterious things that God, I think, is hoping to gift us with. So give it some thought. All right. Uh, maybe that was just a crazy random rabbit trail. Or maybe that has something to do with the characters that we're going to look at today. And, 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 and the reality is that I hope it has a little bit of both. Um, because the characters that we are going to talk about today are the shepherds. And the shepherds are, to be honest with you, they're, they're, they're my favorite characters. They are. And, and I think that they're my favorite characters because uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the, the shepherds were actually quite simple people. Now, it doesn't mean that their life was simple because their life was actually quite hard, but, but, but their routine was a simple routine, right? They, they, they took care of their sheep, or their llamas, trying to, trying to bring llamas back a little bit. I hear the market was quite good for llamas at the time. Okay, I'll just put that out there. I heard it on a, like a website I was looking at, and I'm sure it's accurate. Okay. They took care of their sheep. That's what they did. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, they took care of sheep. Their story was quite a simple story. And the hills around Bethlehem, I, I have been there, are, 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 are kind of desolate places. It's, it's a little bit deserty. And, and in these hills are all of these caves. And so I'm trying to paint for you a picture of what this looked like, kind of a deserty, rolling hills kind of an experience with, with rock cliffs inside the hills. And the, and the shepherds essentially had discovered that these caves made great places to put their, their livestock at night. So they would herd their livestock into a cave, and then they would simply set up at the, at the, at the mouth of the cave or the gate of the cave. So often they would actually build gates there, and they would sleep there in the gate and make their fire there and, and to keep warm and all of those, those kinds of things. And, and just like we would do, I am certain, after they made the fire and the sheep were settled, that they would just sit around and laugh and tell jokes and enjoy each other's company, right? And, 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 and so in a way, this is what they are doing. They're just simply sitting there, and they're making a fire. And Actually, fun fact, uh, when you go to the caves there, because um, you can still go into the caves. In fact, some of the caves that are there are still being used um, for livestock at night. The shepherds still exist in the Holy Land. 
But, but you can tell where they have been and for, because for centuries they've been making fires at the mouth of these caves. And so the roofs inside the caves are just completely covered in soot, black soot. So when you go in, it's just a black ceiling inside of the cave from the, from the soot, from like literally a couple thousand years of making fires in there. Kind of a, kind of a cool, cool thing. And, and so the shepherds have their moment in time, and their moment in time, if you imagine now, that they're sitting at the mouth of the cave. The sheep are behind them. The sky is out in front of them. And they get what we all dream of getting. They get a sign from God that literally lights up the sky. Okay, so how many of you as you have tried to figure out what is it that God wants me to do with my life, my story, have prayed for a sign. Anybody? How many of you have gotten a sign like the sky lit up, a message directly audibly from an angel of the Lord, followed by a choir of angels singing? Right? Just think about that. I think that each one of us, whether we've ever sought out or asked God for questions to be answered in our life, or even direction in our story, have asked for this kind of a sign, and it hasn't come. And these guys got it. These guys got it. And, and it's weird, right? Because they didn't deserve it. What did they do to deserve to be included in this story? Just think about that. What were they actually accomplishing for the good Lord's kingdom? To give them the right to be included in the big story that God was writing. Well, nothing. I want you to hear that. They were just some simple guys taking care of their sheep. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. These were simple people. Right? I'm going to try this. I actually practice what I'm pressing here. Just like, if I was writing this more artistically, press a note for a second, I would say this. With the night sky as a backdrop to the cosmos, the angels appeared with a holy glow, so bright, so blinding. A message from God, that inclusion to the story. Preston loved it, by the way, he thought it was mastery with words. Okay, so, right, I'm not usually mastery with words, but, but he is, he's very good with words, Right? The point being that this message that these gentlemen who were taking care of their sheep got filled the night sky. And they got included in the story of God. And probably like you and I, they hadn't really done a lot to deserve it other than be called the children. These were normal people. I think this is why I like the shepherds, because, because these were just blue-collar workers. 
trying to make a day, make a living out of the day. They weren't well educated. They weren't public speakers. They didn't plan big events. They didn't try to do all of this stuff. They were just the children of God. And they got included in the story of God. So I don't know how you came here. I don't know what you came in here with today. I don't know if you're feeling full of pride or full of humility today. And probably the, these shepherds had a little bit of each at different times in their life and story, and yet they got included in this giant story that God was writing. That Emmanuel, the, the God with us, coming to be among us, they got to go and see the first minutes of the Lord and Savior's life. This first breath of air. They got to be there with him. Okay, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it. Our leadership met this uh, this Wednesday uh, with the express purpose of just getting together and praying and listening for what God might have to say to us as individuals, but also us as a church. We had a great night, three hours together we spent uh, over at Camp Chestermere. Such a gift to be there. And we, we started out the evening by doing something called a breath prayer. And I want to teach it to you. Because I think that it is a helpful prayer for us to remind ourselves that God is present in our life and story. It's a spiritual practice, and it's something you could do at any moment of any part of any day. It simply goes like this. Air in the, in the biblical context was a representation of the Holy Spirit. You know, God gave air for us to breathe. And there's a rhythmic thing that happens when we breathe. I want to try it together. So let's breathe together for a second. I'm going to explain more of it in a second. Let's just breathe in. Hold it for a second or two. Enjoy some good oxygen. And then we'll breathe it out. Let's do it. Here's the practice. The scriptures say, Spirit of God is present in the very air that we breathe. So this time when we breathe in, let's think of a name you have for God. A name you have for God. And when you exhale, let's exhale a thought or a desire we have for God. Like this. Prince of Peace. Here's the thing. You're going to leave from here today. And you're going to keep breathing. A 
the next time this week you notice that you are breathing, could you just pause for a second and remind yourself of the good gift of the Holy Spirit in your life? The desires of your heart to be included in this story maybe, even, have already been given to you. Amen? Okay. There's this moment of, of thanks for doing that with me. I hope that was a gift. There is this moment in the invitation when the disciples, as disciples, when the shepherds are sitting there and the sky lights up. And I, I wanted to just unpack this really quickly as we kind of make our way into um, this part of the of the story. By very nature of the of their occupation, the the shepherds were were simple people. They were they were likely humble. There are occupations in our culture and context that bring a certain level of humility. Not less in value, but they remind us to be humble. And the shepherds was one of those jobs. And, and, and if I could challenge you to just consider this for like a real second, that these humble, I wish we knew more about them. I wish we knew about their families. I wish we knew who wasn't there. All of those kinds of stories. But, but in this particular occasion, right, these guys are sitting on the side of a hill outside of a cave and the sky lights up and they receive an invitation and I wonder how often do we ask for God's permission or, or even notice the invitations where the Holy Spirit or God himself has invited us into or to notice what God is doing in our world. And I want to challenge you to think about that. What kind of question could be you be asking yourself this Christmas? And could we even ask God permission to let us see what he is doing? I don't think it's that a, a question that we ask very often. I don't think it's a question that, that we ask, you know, God, could you invite me even more to notice the things that you are doing? I just don't think we ask it very often. Now, I am a doer. I'll tell you what I do. Uh, I am a doer, and honestly, sometimes I am doing so many things that I do not stop to pay attention to what God is doing. But what I do often do is I stop and ask him to join me in what I'm doing. And bless what I'm already doing. And, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, although I would say occasionally it may not hurt for me, even as your pastor, but even you, for us to stop and go, okay, God, what is it that you're doing and how can I join in what you're doing? Rather than the other way around, I think we mix up who's God in the equation sometimes. And so I, I just want to challenge that. I want to challenge you to think about that. And then I want to talk a little bit. What does it look like to, to discern where God is working and where God is leading? And in this particular story, I think there's a couple identifiable things that take place. The first one is something happens. An angel appears in the sky to them, and they are terrified. When God shows up and God begins to do something, there can be a sense of Fear. It can be scary. It probably, if you encounter the story of the creator of the cosmos, if you bump into him somewhere, it probably should be a little bit scary. Right? 
That's probably a part of what's happening. And, and what we see in this particular story, and one of the ways, identifiable ways for you to discern if God is speaking in your life and story, is yeah, might be a little scary, might actually be something that God is asking you to lean into that forces you to rely on him. That's one sign that you know God is asking you to do something. If God is only asking you to do something that you believe you are already completely capable of doing, you don't have enough God in that story yet. And so it should be a little bit scary. What I love about this particular story and all of the stories, if you read, jo if you listen during Joseph, you listen during Mary's story, is that the angel comes, they're afraid, first sign, right? And the second sign is the angel says, do not be afraid. In other words, with this scary event comes the peaceful presence of God. So here's one of the ways that I think that we can do this. We can take this from this story is that we listen to the invitation of God. Sometimes we may hear it and it may be scary. Probably should be. And it is almost always followed with a sense that you don't have to be afraid. And that is the peace of God, the presence of God. My uh, spiritual director, I used to tease him because he was, when he was first um, uh, growing in some of the spiritual gifts, they're a little bit more on the charismatic side than I was used to at the time. He was going around at church and every once in a while he touched somebody on the shoulder and he would say that he had a word for, a, for a word from God for them. And he was giving me the heebie-jeebies. And, um, and uh, I actually told his brother, I've, sh I've shared this before, I told his brother, your brother, uh, Rod, is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I'm really afraid that one of these Sundays he's going to come and touch me on the shoulder and have a word from God. And uh, what was really interesting was my mentor at the time said, you should be afraid. First thing he said. Because if it's a word from God, it's going to be a bit scary. And then he said, and here's how you will discern if it really is from God or if it's just from Rod, the tile setter. He said, you will have a sense of peace about what is being spoken. And, and he actually said, even if he comes and says, Evan, you, you are a sinner and I want to convict you of your sin, there will be a sense of peace that God will go with me even And that's how you know if God is speaking and sharing into your life and story. And in a sense, that's what happened for the disciples, right? There's the disciples. Like, yeah, you're mixing up the disciples and shepherds. The shepherds get this message. It's scary. They're told not to be afraid. And they're told to do something. Actually, they're invited to do something. And it is to go and see. And so in the disciples making their way towards Bethlehem, I can't imagine what they spoke about or what they talked about or what that was like. But they responded to the invitation to be a part of the grand story of God. They went to see. They left their place of comfort, their place that they knew all things about sheep, and they made their way into town. 
into Bethlehem, and they get to see the most profound event that our world has ever seen or experienced. And it changed them, and it changed them in some significant ways. It changed one of the main ways that it changed them, right, was they, they couldn't keep it a secret. And they had to tell the story. And so if you ever wonder who was the first people to share the Christmas story, it was a couple guys uh, who were taking care of sheep. That was a career. It was a couple people who honestly hadn't done really anything to deserve to be a part of that story. And yet, God included them. So whatever it is you came in here with today, no matter how high your self-esteem is today or how low it is, I really want you to hear that you have been invited into this grand story that God is writing. That you are included in this story by nature of the very fact that God has given you his breath, his spirit. That you are a part of this story, not because of what you do, but because of who God says you are. So let's lean into that this Christmas. Let's recognize that when we love the people around us, that we are loving them not just because we're nice people, but also because, but also just take that back. We are nice people. But also because Jesus has invited them into this grand story as well. Let's do what we can to acknowledge the very spirit of God that we breathe in ourselves. Let's lean into the desires of our heart that God has given to us. Amen? These shepherds were cool, weren't they? I'm grateful uh, for you listening to me kind of uh, think and talk a little bit about some of these things. I'm excited for Christmas. Uh, let me pray, and, uh, and we'll get into our message. God, we are grateful that you are a God who includes us, that we are not excluded from your grand story no matter how it might feel. God, I pray for those of us who have prayed to you for a sign and believe that we have not received it, that you may encourage us, that you would give us hope that even in those periods of time or maybe even today, that you are drawing close to us and including us in your story. God, would you give us the courage to pray prayers that ask you to include us? Would you give us eyes and a heart to see the work that you are already doing? May you give us courage to join you in it not have you just join us in what we are doing. God, for your very spirit here this morning, we are grateful. You are a good God. Amen. Would you stand and uh, receive the benediction? I'm going to give the benediction, then I'm going to invite, if you got a Christmas shirt on this morning, we've got to do the Lakeridge picture with all our Christmas shirt sweaters on. So when, when I'm done the benediction, if you're, if you're wearing an ugly sweater, come on up and we're going to get an ugly picture. Let me, let me give you the benediction. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace confirmation that he is present in our life and story. Go in peace.